Carrying huge space. Look how fast he's going. Polar opposite to the conditions he won in Lords. Rain so close. Never getting the last step down. The crowd is roaring. He is going to do it. He's going to smash the time. Downhill racer and our expert here today, Andrew Needling. During my racing years and even now, I take my health and nutrition pretty seriously. It was so difficult though to stick to some sort of routine and remember to take all those necessary supplements. Then I found Athletic Greens. I'm so excited to partner with them personally and for this podcast. I actually started taking AG1 long before this partnership even came about. So what is this stuff? Think of AG1 as your all-in-one health insurance. I know I do. I've never been one for taking a million different supplements or vitamins. So this is just the perfect all-in-one solution for me. I actually look forward to taking it. I do it first thing in the morning. I feel more alert and focused and now I'm taking care of my body and health. I feel energized to get my day going. So check this out. With one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, and helps enhance your focus. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, none of that nasty chemicals or artificial anything, all while still tasting good. Let's be honest, we all know we don't eat enough vegetables or consume the healthiest meals some of the time, especially when we get busy. We all want something quick and easy which will help us in life. AG1 supports better sleep quality recovery, mental clarity and alertness. Now I don't care what you do, I think we all can agree this is super important. AG1 is trusted by so many professional athletes and health experts. To make trying it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting and vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash moving the needle Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash moving the needle to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The links will be in the show notes as well. All right, sports fans, welcome back. This is the Crank Brothers Race Review. I'm Andrew Nietling. Now, Crank Brothers is off to quite a start this year. They're synonymous with TH Racing last year, celebrating 12 years in a row with an elite world champs win with a mallet DH pedal. Now, They've gone 1-1 in the women's and the ladies at Lenzerheide. They've clearly gone 1-1 here in Leo Gang. The likes of Bernard Kerr, Lucas Schur, Cammy Belanche are in the shoes. So it is just awesome that they are supporting this podcast. Now, I've got a regular to the podcast. Eddie Masters is joining me. Unfortunately, he is injured at the moment, coming back to full health. But that is lucky to you guys because he has been producing epic content me and him were having an awesome time. So let's just jump straight into Leo Gang and uh, how Eddie's been doing lately. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers for having me back, Needles. It's, um, like you said, uh, I've managed to pick up a bit of an injury at the third round of the EWS and finale. But um been trying to keep busy at the races and, uh, yeah, been having a bit of fun behind the camera. So, um Shameless plug, look me up on YouTube. Oh, do it. <laughs> Ed Masters. Do it, yeah, yeah. We've, we've been um we've been putting out some raw content and um from the races. And yeah, it was just time to pull trigger on um, you know, starting that start that kind of stuff. So been enjoying it and um hopefully anyone who checks it out will as well, because there's some pretty funny stuff up on there. Well, uh, UCI apparently checked out the our use of a follow cam or our vehicle. <laughs> what was the aftermath of that? 
Are we, um, are we hired or what's going on? Nah, just a just a slight telling off. Um, you know, just a uh, rain it in a touch because. Um, yeah, they basically just said don't use a motor vehicle to film off because, um, which I understand. So I just uh, said, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's fair play, but I did think we did it on an early day of practice. And yeah. the internet certainly, certainly enjoyed it. So, you know, <laughs> we are doing it for the love of the sport. Yeah, we got a great shot. Yeah, and then I did it the next day on my bike. And I did check that the road was clear. You know, mm. all safety precautions were taken before we set off on exactly. content creation. So, but I mean, it's fair enough. They've got to keep us Closed all Closed roads, stunt riders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of stunt riders, I mean, this sport is, I mean, we say it every yeah, you know, every race, it's just like incrementally getting faster and more riders are more professional, more teams on the paddock. And this race especially, like those guys did look like stunt riders, especially on that motorway. I mean, I was just kind of closing my eyes in the race runs, them going to flat and the speed they were, they were going. Oh, man. Like, I think Bernard said that he's had a podium here and been, so in his semi-final run, just to like paint a picture of how tight it is. He's had a podium here and been further back than he was in 26th place. At this race? <laughs> At this race. So he looked up that podium. I think he said... Deficit he was to the win. Yeah. So like, let's say it was 3.6 back in fifth, uh, 3, 3.6 back in 26, 2023. Something like that. Along those lines. Yeah, um, how crazy that um, the field was more punched up because it, it was kind of easier to ride in places and way less, way more one line, mm. which brings the field together. There's more guys that can go that fast. Like it's harder to separate yourself. So yeah. These small errors add up. Someone like maybe Loris Verger, which we can get to, maybe not the perfect track for him to sort of excel, you know? Mm. And like, uh, yeah, like you said, it's like the track isn't easy by any means, but it's an easier track to go fast on, which means like everyone can go, you know, pretty close in speed, but then it's like a harder track to race because the margin for error is so small. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's easy, but it's like, that makes it harder. So, yeah. But it has always been like that, an easier track. Yeah, it's just harder, the last... It's just the last... to go faster in the, terms of, like, separate you from another rider. Yeah, and the last two years have been a race to the wall ride. Right, I mean, like, get yourself to the wall ride and then the race started there and it was who could navigate the bottom woods in the mud um, won the race. But, like, this year it was, like the bottom woods were able to be ridden, you know, like at good speed. There weren't like these like axle deep ruts and stuff that we've seen in the past. So you had to be on it from like tip to top, like from top to bottom, um, if you're going to win. <laughs> and then it was a race from the last turn into the finish area, basically, because in the men's... That's where, yeah. That, <laughs> that was the race. <laughs> Two of the men had a slide out. Yeah. And then technically Nina in her semi had a slide out there. So it's, it was seriously interesting that that played such a big role mm. 
Um, I don't know if it's just coincidence or if it's the riders pushing so hard on the limit, which I think it is more than complacency that you're within sight of the finish line. Where are you at with that? Uh, I would say there is like, you know, you could theorize that um, maybe the maybe the like guys are coming in because I know I've done it as a racer that like, you know, you're inside of the finish line and you're like, oh, I'm having a good run. Let's, you know, like let's either keep pushing or like, you know, like or let's like get it home, and that might mean that like you've your like conscious thought of that is hijacking like 10% of your focus and then you make this like tiny error or you like back off, don't make an error, but don't push all the way to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been also in both those categories yeah, yeah. and the backing off really sucks. But I think both of those is like you've, you've like broken out of whatever flow state you were in yeah, that's, and, you've, that's and true. You've, you've thought something. 100%. If your mind clicks to, I've had a steamingly good run. You've I'm thought that, push, yeah. But if that, that thought, exactly, you've just missed the flow state. Yeah. It's not like... And you might have been in it and then you've come out of it. Yeah, I'm not judging any of those riders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like it's just hypothetical things that could happen and they're all, they're mm. basically subconscious things. And there'll be... There would be 20 guys who backed off on that last left-hander to get it home in this race. They would be like, oh, I could have ridden that faster, but I wanted to finish the run. Or or didn't want to, like, blow out of the tape and miss this, like, you know, crucial section. Um, or you've got, like, the, the two guys at the top who may have hit it a bit quick. I think they are frustrated, but I think they can hold their heads high that they were pushing to the finish. To make a mistake, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was like lapse of concentration. I think it was that former of like, maybe there was some thought, but I think they were just pushing so hard. Yeah. And you could see the frustration, especially from Finn at the finish area. Mm. But you'd probably take that over backing it off and then getting beat by 0.4. 100%. So... Those guys can hold their head high. It just yeah. doesn't really make it a lot easier having these discussions about what could have been. But that's mm. racing, isn't it? What could have, should have, would have. And it would have been super, like, like yeah, you could have, would have, should have, or like, would you have won if you hadn't made the mistake? You can, like, you can never quite say, yes, he was up by, you know, because the race was going to be so tight, it would have been down to the wire regardless because it kind of was anyway um but it would have been pretty crazy had like jackson won because you would have had these two guys coming out of you know i don't know what you call them in america like freshmen or <laughs> you know like yeah i think it is what's your first year freshmen's yeah, yeah your, so fresh, your college, first year of college year. Yeah, yeah yeah so like these guys are like freshmen in the elite class and they would i mean that almost basically happened yeah it was like would have been would have been mad he was literally in third, right? Yeah, and he With was that stoked. Slide out. He was, of course, he's stoked. Mm. And and I was kind of, I was calling it because he was, a, you know, was ill in hospital like a week before mm. Lenzi. It's not a perfect prep. He's in and six. Jordan's one. You would think there's a little bit of subconscious fire in there, like hey, yeah. you know, we were battling. I've also got the pace. I mean, that is awesome. I mean, the pressure off those two youngsters, obviously, like. Jordan had a bit more pressure this race, mm. I think, more than he'll admit. Yeah. But 
Jackson has now also now got a first podium. Yes, he hasn't got a win, but I think a podium you would like take that in your first year. Mm. So or like, even Jackson's like, season's kind of made as well now. Like it can be onwards and upwards. Yeah, coming into the season, everyone like from friends at home who are fans, like they're all like, "Oh, like how do you reckon Jackson Goldstone's going to go?" Asking that they're asking about him more so than Jordan, but like. Having been at the races last year, I knew like Jordan was like just as fast. You know, they were kind of going like toe to toe. It's just Jackson had the bigger profile. Yeah, Jordan uh, had way less of the hype. Like I was following it, but probably speaking more about Jackson. Yeah, yeah, so and it like kind of bit me in the ass as well, really. Yeah, but um, I was like, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if like. They one of you know like if they won a race and like they would like I was like oh they will like definitely like be in the running for a podium and like it's been two races and they've between them they've done both of those and like it's kind of unstoppable. <laughs> that is so annoying if you're elite race. Yeah, but then like I think um, like we're kind of like talking Jackson Jordan, but may as well because it's like super interesting. But I think like if you follow like any other extreme sports, um, the every extreme sport from skateboarding, snowboarding, surfing, like there's this generation of like phenomenal young, super young athletes, like super athletes, um, that are just starting to like break through, like winning Olympic medals and like winning X Games as like 15, 16 year olds. And I think like these two guys are like the first ones of that kind of generation to come into mountain biking who have had the novelty of being able to watch uh, every, watch and learn everything about a sport just because they're part of the internet generation. Um, whereas like for you, when you like, for you to learn anything about racing, you had to go to the race. Like, you couldn't watch it? No, I mean, I studied through result sheets. <laughs> yeah. Then magazines, and then maybe here and there was the yearly video, like mm. the circus and things like that, right? So we're dating ourselves, but or dating, I can date myself, doesn't matter. Mm. But I have been thinking about this topic a lot. It's just a cool topic in general where you're right. They don't know what a bad bike is. <laughs> They've had this junior category. They've had two years on these tracks. So that's experience. But like you say, before that, if you want to learn something, like it's on the internet, you can watch, you can devour yeah, the Yeah, you can like... You've got Whistler Bike Park. Jackson even said, like, I was doing 80 days of downhill bike park stuff a year. Yeah. How, how are me and you going to get 80 days worth of lift access by doing <laughs> it in shuttles? Like, my poor mom and dad, yeah. or friends, like, it wasn't going to happen. So the reps they got, there are a lot more reps, a lot earlier, um, and it is just that big progression like you're seeing in other sports like it's uncanny it's happening in golf you know? oh yeah there's guys this guy now just turned pro after the masters and he's in the major top 10 again but he kind of just has seen that there's a progression he kind of sees he can do it he's got all the best coaching he's got all the best trainers mental coaches mm. like they got this whole team behind it so it is the first time we're really really seeing it in downhill yeah we saw the phenomenon you know the phenomenon of sam hill troy bros and finals but Finn took a while. Yeah. It's taken longer than these kids. Mm. And, uh, yeah, like, it's coming through, like, with this next generation of junior girls, too. Girls that can jump manual, like, with, you know, like, the full um, arsenal of skills. 
And then um, you've got the kind of like changing of the guard because now, like Valley, she wins on the weekend, but like Valley can throw whips. Gracie Hemstreet, when I was watching it uh, in Lenzerhide, like threw one of the biggest whips of the whole day. Like, no word of a lie. <laughs> so, same thing. Like these like younger girls and guys that are just coming in and just like riding with a maturity and like an an ex like yes that inexperience but then like they've had they've got years of experience watching. Yeah, but would you you've just said to their technique, the jumping, the full package. Mm. So is the inexperience being sort of sort of pushed to the side and this this ability and technique is actually what's also helping them shine. The oh. bike handling skills of a Jackson of a Jordan for their age. And then like Gracie Phoebe, like you said, it's full package. We haven't seen ladies that comfortable on jumps in a long time. You know, seeing mm. these ladies at Darkfest and then now there's going to be a younger generation that sees that. Yeah. And then <laughs> understands and, you know, and they can do it next. So, yeah, seeing the ladies, I mean, the juniors, we've got Phoebe Gale. We jump around a bit. Why not? Mm. It's our podcast. We can do what we want, what we want when we want. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like Ed Bull Media House. So that was interesting, you know. The casualties of the new format is also opening up doors. Um, Phoebe Gale, I mean, it's a podium, first yeah. year elite. It's the same sort of thing we've seen with Jackson. It's really, really cool. Like, it's making ladies racing exciting. There is a changing of the guard coming up as well. 100%. And, like, there's four. It was, like, Gracie, Phoebe, Jenna. Jenna's out with injury, but, like, um, Isabella, four girls graduating into the elite class from last year who are like all can throw down and like if if Phoebe did it last this weekend it shows all three of those girls who who have beaten Phoebe last year and like that, that they can also like turn up and probably podium in their first year um which is like definitely going to be like confidence inspiring for them to just know that, like, someone in that conversation with them... 100%. ...is, like, being able to do it. And then even, like, talking about, like, the skills stuff, and we're, like, tangenting hard. <laughs> but um, everyone's, like, oh, they're, like, so surprised how Rachel won um, Lenzerhide. But, like, Rachel's, like, been, like, living at a bike park for, like, two years. So she's almost probably had the second wind of bike skills that, like, these young girls have. But, like, Rachel's probably a better bike rider now than she was when she stopped racing yeah, a couple of uh, years ago. Yeah, that's a great point, Eddie. I mean, um, Brendan said it and he's Because you go to Dubby and you ride with Rachel and she rips. and she's, she's like she's riding with her brothers. She's riding with – and she's riding with, like, loads of top guys – um, girls and hitting really technical trails. So like, she is. I would I would definitely argue that like in the space of those two years, yes, she's like might not have been racing, but like she would have been like skilling up. So like that's why it's not like she's come back. I've like obviously it's like there would be certain you know people who are like would in the women's class would be like oh damn like she's just come back and it's like you'd be kind of offended, <laughs> but 
like you've also got to like think of it like how I'm looking at it is like that she's like come back a better racer and she's one win away from the greatest of all time. Yeah, Rachel, like you're right. So she's riding the bike park. She's getting riding with her brother or a Brendan, Danny Hart, Bernard's there a lot. Mm. She's getting dragged up to speed all the time. Like she has got a lot of bike time leading into this season, maybe in past seasons, you know, when the daughter was a little younger, maybe a little less. Mm. And and Duffy has bike park-esque sections, berms, gravelly, you know, yeah. like bank turns, speed. Um, so she probably was comfortable at Lenzida more than she was the previous year. And then here at Leogang, which was interesting. Um, so she was, she was she sixth? Wait. Here. Uh, no, she was on the podium. She oh, was she was fourth, right. Semi. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but she wasn't her confident self. I wasn't in Lenzida, but I, I could see, you know, from the riding and the results spoke for it. But here, seeing her chat to, say, Alan on the side of the track or maybe when me and you were there and she maybe puzzling a bit in the stump section and I overheard her say, yeah, but if I was just at home and this was in a bike park, I'd probably be over these stumps, wouldn't I? And mm. she's like overthinking a bit, didn't want to do the jump. So, you know, maybe that sort of honeymoon of the wind wore off a little bit. She's like, oh, this is, you know, real shit. And my daughter's mm. in the She had all the fun, and, now she's got the hang Yeah, over. now she's like, oh, okay, I'm expected to probably win again. Mm. That means I've got to hit this jump. She's like, no, 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 I came to Lens because I, I wanted to be there and have fun. And then you could see the shift. Like, <laughs> yeah. She didn't qualify that well. And she was forced, if she was either going to not do very well or force herself to get over those jumps, which she wasn't comfortable on. So you can see that little mind battle that she had to play here. And probably because Valley was so impressive in practice. Yeah. Right? I mean, onto the motorway, squashing at those jumps, whipping the second one. I mean, that's probably quite intimidating if you're doubting hitting the jumps. Big time. Because <laughs> like, um, they, like, they, on a good day, they're really easy jumps, but they're, like, so crucial for the, like, success of your run that, like, if you are struggling with them, it would be, like, super tough. So, and like the speed that you carry into them, missing the wooden takeoffs isn't really an option to be able to like, I'd say like nail that sector. Um, you, Cause you can't scrub a, a lip that's that steep and not go to flat. Um, so yeah, it would be like, it would have been playing on your mind being like, oh, I'm kind of like, you can just like see yourself losing time. Yeah, she was giving up. Time <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, you're, you're, basically. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just, you're literally you're like, choosing. here's a second or two. Yeah. So I've either got to make it up in the woods or accept I'm going to be a second or two back. And that was a crucial, one of the most crucial, if not the most crucial things to this race. With there being maybe one line, and there was a few variations here and there, like for the stumps, there was a high line to dive inside, or you could bomb main line to an outside. I did a lot of timing there. Um, looks are very deceptive. Mm. You actually get the clock on. They're very similar, but, you know, the riders had to ride the, the one that was consistent, but that they could push. But where it was noticeable is if you made a mistake in the stumps, you didn't carry the speed onto the motorway. That is a minute and a half section mm. or a minute section, whatever it is. And you could see the people that had an error or two and that they were further back at that last wall ride. I mean, it was so, so critical. But Valley was the best and did it the cleanest. Mm. It, it was visibly that good. You know, there weren't many other ladies that would commit that hard onto the motorway and then over those jumps to carry a speed for a minute. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like it is a it's a third of the track on 
and there's no bumps and stuff. It's just like it's it's a straight drag race. Um, I remember watching like a few years ago when Cathro was doing his like analysis, and um, he had a like he had two clips where he was like ghosting, but it was Bruni v Bruni, and like um, it actually like showed the difference that one pedal stroke made at the head at the top of the motorway to the second double that um, in the run where he got and then like this extra crank in. Um, by the time he arrived at the second double, he'd like gained like 0.4 on what was essentially like a like carbon copy of both, like of what he did. But he managed to like generate a little bit more speed at the top coming into the first double. And it just like shows that like even being able to do that, you can like, that's only 200 meters of the motorway. And he'd already made 0.3 up on himself by just you know like by getting that section like optimal yeah mm. <laughs> no i mean i was having the conversation with brent um because the pace is there in sections but he could he could hear i was hesitating he said well what you know, give me give me the real deal what's going on i said you're hesitating at the top of some of these sections top guys are not they're they're breaking in the section where they need to break. They're not sort of hesitating and looking and then going. Mm. They're trying to get as fast as they can just in all those sections between the technical sections. And that's where Greg has been, you know, talking yeah. of pedal strokes. If you watch some of Greg's race runs, he's able to get one or two pedal strokes where other people don't. Uh, the rest of the racers have caught up on that. You know, they're all mm. probably as powerful as he is. And he also rides often a taller gear, so he's doing one pedal stroke more efficiently and he's just getting that drive and your content shows like the fun chaotic content is from rider practice b you know where those guys are a little bit more loose mm. the top riders often just make it look boring oh it's, it's like actually forward. it's it's like so impressive that it looks like they're going slow mm. but it's those minute little details of linking sections which i think is so deceptive and i don't think we're analyzing it enough say in the broadcast that's where the time is made often most of the guys ride even the technical gnarly stuff the same it's sort of one line there's one gap you have to do mm. but it's who let off the brakes the longest who got that extra drive or the troy brosnan pump like those are those little things that add up all the way down the track yeah like me and me and dean were talking about it and cam cole because we were saying that like um like greg's really good at like finding time on like the easier parts of track that often would be overlooked because like you're focusing on the stumps it's a crucial section because that's where you see there being the most risk but actually like no one's willing to throw their run away by doing a crazy you know like you there's almost a terminal velocity that the field want to go through like a technical section but then you can like attack where there's you know berm to berm or like somewhere so like if you can like analyze the track and like find time where it's easy and there's no risk to like really push so like can you in your training runs can you like practice being like off the brakes on a section where that you might let's say like you try and rail a berm and like you end up blowing off course but like what's going to happen you're just going to blow into like a grassy field or something so like 
there's probably like areas on the course where you can really like get your average speed up and then that's going to just like yeah link you like get your average speed up the whole way down the course because that's what like these dudes are doing yeah i I think that's brilliant like uh, there are a lot of guys that message that are aspiring racers or even current racers trying to really crack it or even danny art so shout out to danny art he listens to these things (laughs) he wants he's going to come back on he said anytime i should have got him here but he's probably on the way to next venue but um i think that is critical greg has been one of the best at sort of designing his run Mm. where is he going to push 100 110 now Mm lay off the brakes and you have to figure that out in practice. And then where is it? My 95 here, yes, I give up a 0.1, 0.2 to maybe Bruni who does it better or is more attacking. But there's a lot of risk to throw away a whole race, i.e. if you mess up the stumps. Yeah. Your whole race is done at Leo game because that is a critical long section afterwards. So, um, yeah, these top guys, but it's incredible because Maddie Leaconin's here and he said, at what point is a slide out a big mistake? I mean, when we raced, <laughs> we that was like exciting. We're like, hell, he's pushing, he's, he's lost the back wheel, mm. he's drifting, you know, that's cool. Sam Hill does drifting. Like, I want to drift, you know, with feet up, <laughs> yeah. clipped in. You're like, wow, he saved that. Back on the podium, cool. No ways. Not the no. way the tracks are getting taped. Not Leo Gang. It's, it's such precision that the guy with sort of the least mistakes... And when we say mistakes, is like that. There was a, a little bit of a slide up. I even found myself like um, thinking, I was like, oh, he's back by 0.7. Like, oh, done. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit annoying because normally like 0.7, we got a race. He's got the whole woods to cut. You know, but like I was just thinking, I'm like, it's like, you know, you can find, you can bring back 0.7 anytime. Like these, you know, someone can find it. It's always there. Like I can't. I'm sure if you ask Cole, he would he would have left time on the hill. Um, so even if even if and I don't think he won every sector. So like he he if you win every sector, then you've done like for that race you've done the perfect lap. But then yeah. I'm sure if you asked him, he'd be like, "Nah, I could have scrubbed this jump more and gotten." you know, two inches higher in the berm to miss a hole so my back wheel doesn't go into the hole and, you know, like... You want to guess what the perfect run is? What was the time? No, how much better a perfect run would have been than this time? <laughs> like, less than a second. Actually, 2.4. I think Len's I don't know, I don't always go through these things because it's on mm. the internet. We're here to talk a bunch of shit around what's on the internet, but the perfect run was 2.4, so there's, there's time out there. Oh, it's 2.4 faster than his run. Yeah. So it's Tigo so, Depriller at Sector 1, Jackson Sector 2, it looks Lucas Sector 3, Jackson Sector 4, whatever it is, and Andy. And remember, this is also a Craig Menard thing. Hate that he comes up in this podcast so much. Before. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably not listening. Uh, Andy Kolb, last sector, he was the fastest in the last sector. If mm. you can be the fastest in the last sector, you are climbing up the leaderboard. Yeah. On any track. Because that's where some guys are fading, or they're making mistakes, or they or they're not pushing. backing off. Yeah, yeah. Like the first sectors are probably the must be one of the hardest sectors to win, because mm. everyone is on energy it. on it, attacking. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, it um, shows you how much time's actually out there. But Andy Cole was seventh, 
fifth or sixth down again, and then from sector three, no, sector two, so that's motorway, just straight line up to the wood. Yeah. Um, I was I was at the finish line talking to Dakota, and I asked him, like, how was your run? And he was like, oh, I had a really good run, but, like, um, my bike was, wasn't set up hard enough for how fast I was going to go in the final run. Um, and I found that like pretty interesting because like I was, so we were like talking about it and we we're saying like how like nowadays we're like, you know, with having this extra time running the semi-final and stuff, then like your speed on the track is going faster. The track itself's getting faster because you've got like an tires tires on the dirt the dirt's getting like more compact the the track is just increasing in like total speed well especially this one with the weather which we should yeah yeah so into. it's yeah, like this one definitely the dirt dries out and the track actually just gets faster so like even if you did your same run exactly the same run two hours apart your second run is going to be like probably on average a second or two quicker and you didn't do anything different you didn't take any more risks and he, I found it pretty interesting when he said that his bike was set up too soft because, like, you've got to, like, kind of, like, start, like, visualizing, like, what do you... So, like, let's say your bike felt, you know, like, the juniors... The fastest junior time was a 3.08 in qualifying in dryish conditions. Like, um, I was like, okay, sweet. I think for finals it'll probably go just under, like, three minutes like it did. But, like... So if you told like someone who does a 308 that they're going to go down to a three minutes flat, like they'd be like, oh man, that's like crazy fast. Like where you look at finding two and a half seconds every sector <laughs> and you've got the motorway. So really you've got to find three seconds in each minute or no, like more than that. Um, so then you've got to start thinking like, how's my bike going to behave at the speed that I'm going to go in the final um, to really, like, maximise how, you, how you're going to be able to ride it? Yeah, it's kind of sounding a bit more like <laughs> moto. Like hundred, yeah, or just like how, how and stuff. How hard am I going to hit some of these bumps? Yeah. Yeah, it's comfortable in practice. Hmm. But, it's but you, be, don't, it's you almost don't want to be comfortable. Yeah, it's going to blow through and it's going to be inefficient in other places. Hmm. So you've maybe got to take a risk with some of this bike setup mm. they are i mean some guys are i i would I, I mean is jackson thinking about that stuff i mean i don't really know i'd have to chat to him a bit to see yeah, if I he's got know. that deep in the weeds with setup yet um if he's obviously got a good team around him mm. and on fox suspension so if he has an issue you can go talk to the guys i think jackson's really lucky too to have laurie and like laurie from what i can tell laurie's like a really good teammate yeah, they um, rode together quite a bit this race, eh? Yeah, they I always rode together. Practice. Like you know, like Jacks, he was. They hung out a bunch in like New Zealand. Like they're pretty much like going on like holidays together and stuff. Like Laurie's kind of like taking him under his wing, um, and they also probably weigh the exact same. They ride real similar, so like you've pretty much got like a sparring partner that you can like share any information as long as like you're willing to if you can like because some teammates might not yeah um but if you can like really and i think it's like super important like if you get it can get a, you know like with let's say like bernard or like and like myself or like 
any info that he's got, he's like gonna be happy to give to us, and vice versa. Like, um, never gonna like want to like hide anything from my teammate because I look at racing as I only race the guy once we've once the results sheet comes out. <laughs> you know yeah but that's not all teammates though. no 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 like, it's definitely not yeah i see I mean, it i see it is, like all the is time specialize giving each other information like that versus maybe a luca and troy they didn't ride no they ride together a bit i'm not saying this mm. is what's happening i'm no, just no, no, hypothetically no. saying back when sam and brendan were teammates they clearly worked like that and they dragged each other up to speed mm. probably sam dragging brendan up to speed vice versa so you either find a friend in the in the paddock, even though he's on a different team, and you build some rapport with him, and, and mm. you do it that way, which I think is a you great do, way I, to yeah. do it, because it's lonely if you're on your own. Oh man, real lonely. You no, know, but now we've got about a million line coaches out there, and we've got your footy mm. that we can look at. You know, so there's so much info. There's almost too much information. I don't mm. know how I would deal with it. I think it'll be a bit of an overload for me. Mm. But even like having a good mate who's like let's say the same weight same riding style on the same bike um you can both get that bike working because they like i'm pretty sure jackson and laurie would weigh like similar like they're small guys so like jackson laurie might be like hey like i found this is real good and that might eliminate a month of head scratching for jackson um and it and you know it would be from the outside looking in, I would say that's what's happening. It's yeah, like no. There, there's no, uh, there's no. I would agree. I would, yeah. I would agree with those two. They, like you said, they were traveling in New Zealand. Mm. And but like Greg can't tell Jackson how to set up his bike because no. um, I don't think he can tell anyone how to set up his bike. <laughs> yeah. He's just so, he's yeah, he's he's really really good at testing from what I hear, mm. and he's really finicky with it. I think those guys will get lost in the weeds if they yeah. follow what Greg does, or often he's dealing with clickers and things like that. Mm. Greg would be someone that could probably, when he finds his feet in this format, which it looked like he was getting close to, uh, be a good guy to guess what he need, how he needs to set up a bike. And oh, yeah, Quinn with the well. amount of experience. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, I don't know if he's got a Bible of the setup that he's run on every track or something, you know, like who's the golfer, Matt Fitzpatrick. Oh, that's, <laughs> like that's every, every shot. Every yeah, shot he he's ever played. Yeah, uh, that's pretty. I don't think Greg has that. But he's, he's but it's you know, with head, having like, done it and he would have so much experience. Yeah, would, on feel and stuff like and that. And you don't ride to the level that he rides at in, at 41 without <laughs> drawing on a serious amount of experience to be able to like continue continue to like put down runs no no incredible and yeah back to that technique thing i mean that's who's flying under the radar is is cole obviously he flew under the radar straight to a win at a mm. at home country i mean he's technically sound yeah it makes it look easy yeah he's like very composed on the bike do you notice that like his body positions seems neutral a lot of the time. There's not a lot of back and forth from what I mean. It just seems that way. Quite stable. Not a lot of flash. No. It's kind of like his personality. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. Going to the pits afterwards. Uh, he was just in shock, basically. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe, maybe didn't expect it at home. Probably a goal of his, you know, quietly. With Man, the, he was know, good. Like he was... trainer and stuff was, you know, mm. pretty emotional about it. They've been working together for a long time, so... 
And um, we don't know. Last year he had a breakout season, and and then he actually was like leading. He I think he led races. Um. So. Like obviously, you know, he was shocked, but um, I don't think like like I wasn't shocked that he won. Um, no, no, it's yeah. not a surprise. He no, was no, like, no. In the pre-race, like okay, a guy that will break out and win, as well as if you're really digging into it, dig into it. If you can get five podiums in one season, <laughs> yeah, that means you are technically very sound that you can adapt not just mentally, your bike handling skills can adapt to different tracks. I mean that's really what what I think makes riders stand out. Mm. And like. You know, like when teams or team managers and stuff are like looking for riders and, you know, like, so like people say, okay, like you kind of get like labeled. So like, uh, and it starts with like, okay, like top 30 guy, top 20 guy. But like sometimes like someone will be like, oh, okay, he's a top 20 guy. But like getting like two or three top 20s, yes, you can do it. But like, unless you've got like, literally a top 20 plate i wouldn't say you're a top 20 guy and so but cole like he is a top five guy and there's not many times that someone outside of that five like win the race yes <laughs> so you've there's got a like potential but is it really happening yeah no, it hasn't if you go and look at the data mm. and then so like and it makes it super hard for like and you know so like someone to use as an example would be like Angel Suarez. Endless amounts of potential, but like it hasn't like he has a lot of lot of bad luck and like certain things. But um I'd say like he has the potential to be a top five guy. He just like hasn't quite like done it yet. Um I think he's had a few a couple podiums, but he's always right there. But then it like, you know. Um and I guess that's what Cole, where Cole's come from, and now he's like established himself as like a consistent top five guy, and now he's taking that next step to being a race winner. And there's bugger all race winners. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. To be a race winner, I mean, yeah. Jordan just sneaking in there quickly. Yeah, at this first round, but other than that, it, it takes like you say this consistent podium guy, and then you often break mm. out. But like look at Finn. someone like Troy. Troy took a while to do it. He's had, Troy's him. Troy's had so many podiums. It's insane. I've got um, yeah, the strike and rate. I think strike he's won two two well. races, three now. I have to look yeah. at two or three. Finn, mm. all the potential. We knew he could get on the podium, you know, and then he had all that bad luck and. Maybe trying to keep up with Loic or trying to beat Loic. Breaks out, wins one. Mm. Okay. And he's on the cusp now of winning Cole, another. Yeah, but Kolb's caught him. Just mm. like that, you know? Yeah, it's it's actually like, I don't know, me and you, we've, I've, we've like, you've, you had like an amazing, like a really good World Cup career, but like we've never been in these positions. But like, imagine putting yourself in, so like, you're on the cusp of going into that next level, but then all of a sudden three more people enter the fold and you're like, oh, <laughs> like. No, well, yeah, exactly. I'm you're not, like, not even going like to bring this. myself into this conversation. I just think mm. what I could relate to is doing it once, so getting the podium. You want to do it again. 
yeah. as quick as possible. But a race win can be very elusive. Mm. To get the second one, Troy took some time. Finn's, we don't know. But, I mean, my pick was probably Finn. Same. I thought win. Finn... Because He Finn... looked good. He looked... Mm. Uh, in the conversations on how straight the track was taped and how fast it was going to be before anyone rode it. So let's uh, give credit like where credit's due. People thought it would be more dangerous than it was. There were places. They did fix those places, and they kept an eye on the other ones. But Finn kind of just shrugged it off. said, I like speed. Yeah. That was before he set foot on the track. So he didn't really get into the weeds of, you know, worrying about the safety and, you know, putting energy into all that stuff. So um, he and looked I think... really good. And coming off Lenzider, he didn't have a great off-season prep. So it was almost surprising to him to be on the podium. That must mm. have given him a lot of confidence coming in here. So... And I think, like, you you mentioned, like, energy. Like, that is the, like, and I find myself doing it as, like, you know, just getting kind of sucked into having a whinge every now and then. It's super easy to do. And, like, I think as racers, like, everyone wants the track to be perfect for them. Um, so, like, perfect might mean, like, super safe or, like, taking out some, like, you're like, oh, like, I don't really want to have to do that. But, um... At the end of the day, like, however they tape it is how you're going to race it. And, like, it, it is a waste of energy worrying about that. You're better off worrying about how you're going to, like, figure it out. Yeah, and that's why I always thought, like, the like, union or the delegate needs to be, like, a former racer that can have an unbiased opinion. He's not going down the track. Mm. So if he says it's unsafe, why? He's not, well, unless he's getting paid by a rider. <laughs> Could happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll send you my bank details. Yeah. No, they don't listen to me, but... Uh, yeah, so you're right. It's a tough one. I think it's like I think this is unsafe. Send it to your manager, and then don't don't worry about it again. But it mm. is easier said than done. But for sure, you know the riders that are performing now are not getting into the politics of the format, not getting into the politics of the safety. They'll bring it up. But I mean, Greg at least is you know at at a top level, and he'll bring up a safety thing, or they'll ask his opinion. Mm. But that is true, is be careful how much energy you spend on these things you probably can't control. Mm. It's kind of like the Love PGA merger. Back to our <laughs> golf and how we could go all day on them, couldn't we? Yeah. Is I think people have seen, you know, if you, you put too much energy into things you can't control, you know, that is frustrating mm. and it doesn't get you anywhere. So I think you need to sort of outsource that. I mean, to kind of take the purse as well. Um, Please, that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you only have to look at the heart rate data on uh, the live feed, and these guys aren't really stressing during their runs. <laughs> <laughs> like, the whoop stuff is like, I don't know. Do you know when I had some of my highest heart rates? What, like? Shumpery World Cup. There was no pedaling. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, the, this data so is no, like, but, no, no, it's not right. Is, it's not quite right. <laughs> You're not. But just for for like interesting side topic is one of the steepest tracks with no pedaling was as physically demanding mm. heart rate. Well, we I, I would at 185, 187, like close to max all the way. I down. would say um, with adrenaline, nerves, and the warm up, I would probably be in 170 in the start gate. Yeah, <laughs> and straight into 180s, like you know, it would spike insanely quick what's uh ronan dunn's heart rate at the top of the race <laughs> yeah four red bulls deep 
<laughs> Wait, he's consistent. Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's backing it up. Mm. Eighth place. I mean, we're jumping around about as much as he jumps around on track. But Ronan Dunn, that was really cool. Yeah, it's and cool. I like. And he put three runs down to get himself to the final. Mm. Eighth place. It's pretty legit. Um, we did that was like that was a question mark of the new format. Can riders like that adapt mm. and put multiple runs? And you know, I think. It's, yeah, whatever format you throw at these guys, they're going to adapt. And maybe... That's kind of... Uh, no, that's why they're the top of the game. I noticed uh, someone mentioned that during the off-season that Ronan did heaps of time runs. Like, I haven't spoken to him, but, like, that came up in conversation that, like, when he was riding, he was riding, like, with an objective. Like, um... So maybe uh, this format will actually like play into his favor, and the more racing he gets to do, the tighter he's gonna, the like more it's gonna like tidy up his race craft to the point where he can like consistently put down these three runs and go marginally faster every run to like what you did this week, which is like pretty sick because he's like I find I find him real exciting. He's like got good He's like a good character. He's like good for a laugh enjoys like playing it up on track like not scared to like throw a wheel at a big gap or like do something just to like Ronan's done it <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um, and like his finish line antics yeah and, like, he looks sick. a little wild on the track like mm. kind of Danny had those race runs for a while like, nah, I reckon he's it... in control in his head yeah yeah certainly doesn't always look like that from the outside but you're right the more we get into the season, these guys that are consistently in the final, so qualifying into top 60, top 60. Into the top yeah, 30. People say I qualified into the final. I'm like, no, no, no. You got a top 30 result. Like that's proper result these days. Yeah. That's the old top 20 result. Easy with all the juniors coming out. So those guys are just creeping ahead of the rest of the field. You know, yeah. like unfortunately a Brooke McDonald or Blinky that's maybe not getting... Uh, a final run here and there, you're kind of a little bit behind the eight ball. Come middle of the season, it's like missing a race or two. Well, you have missed a race or two. Yeah. You've missed a race run. 100%. It's a bit of a worry. It's it's a worry. Well, it's like you've got to be really headstrong to not let that like self-doubt creep into your mind and then be like, oh, like maybe... Maybe like I'm, you know, and like you start looking for like solutions that might not be there it's just like it, it just happened so like if you can just like put the race behind you move on easier said than done <laughs> way 100%, easier than said to done 100% that's mm. critical it becomes such a head game to sort of just trust the process to mm. trust that you're doing what you need to do and that your time will come yeah like um, someone like Brooke who uh, didn't have the best year last year but then like in Lenzerheide qualified into the final gets a top 30 result like man i think for him it's probably an easier pill to swallow with the like weather and stuff that he can probably move on from leo gang and go straight into val de sol knowing that um he didn't really get to show his cards at this race so like you can kind of like that like sits a bit nicer um with you know weather coming into a qualifying run and stuff that like you you're not like questioning your speed. So like if he can just like take that confidence from Lenzerheide and be like, hey, I'm like, I'm back, I'm on the come up. Um, opposed to 
getting into the 60 and then not getting into the final because that's like a tougher pill to swallow, I think, for someone of that caliber. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's I've been calling it a casualty, the casualty of <laughs> yeah, the yeah. New, new series, but he was a casualty of the weather. Mm. And um, the weather played an interesting role in, obviously, the junior race. Well, the best wet run was probably Bodie f- from Trek, right? Yeah. That was probably the best wet run after the, the, some juniors had a dry run. So that's cool. But the casualties came, obviously, the next day. So we had rainstorms on and off during qualifying to get you into the semi. That was a mess. That was an absolute <laughs> proper mess. European mess, just like standing on the sideline. Thank goodness I don't have to deal with this. Mm. Because that is really stressful. Oh, um, yeah. And the guys dealt with it very well, man. There were some incredible wet runs. Finn was the best wet run. Danny. Uh, Dylan Levesque had an incredible wet run not being protected. So mm. it was like quite a few standout rides. Like you said, you get labeled. People take notice of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I can remember now a few guys did good wet runs. Yeah. Well, he wasn't protected. Geez, and he kind of laid it down. That's cool. You sort of build this, like you say, a little map of these, these riders' abilities, which is pretty cool. But I think the biggest casualty might be Tane in the women's uh, not making out of the semi into into the final. Mm. Um, yeah, that is a tough one. I haven't spoken to her directly what exactly happened in the run. But it is a tough one where we've got these juniors, which we spoke about. It's two of them, three of them. I, I don't know. Hopefully we can get some more ladies in the finals at some point or more ways to get in. I don't know. Yeah, There's like... There's so many I, good ladies yeah, at the like, moment. Um, I don't know, maybe like, like, is 15 better for the women's final for the growth of the sport? Like, you know, because like at the moment you qualify 10 into the final. Um, yeah, like the, de- the the field is like deeper in terms of talent, but now it's like gotten harder. Yeah, like so the broadcast argument is 10 and the data shows the race when it comes from 10. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I would say that maybe when we've got a star or two, like a Tane, building back into herself and her, her, you know, to her full potential, it'd be nice to have her in the final as a story as well. Mm. Or is the story now that she didn't make the final? I, I, I don't know. I don't have like a hard opinion. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, neither maybe do 15 I. 15 riders, I don't know the politics of the broadcast. I'd love to speak to them. Mm. Hey, this package works best for the woman. We need 10. Okay, could there be twelve? Yeah. Could we do twelve? Thirteen? What you know? What are we talking at? You know, mm. because like and you like say, the growth a... of the sport, we definitely need it. Mm. Run them at thirty second intervals. Give them less of a run. Yeah, like, and like the um... whole argument is you don't see enough of the run, and maybe there was a crash, and and and. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely there would be like surely there's flexibility of like what the package looks like, week in week out. Um, because there has to be because you've got guys who are protected into the final. So, like, some races there might be more than 30. Um, so, like, you can def- you could argue that you could bring that in somehow to the women's no, stuff. But we'll go down a rabbit hole though, yeah, yeah. if we brought uh, that in, you know. So yeah, yeah, you like, can't, like, give someone, like, legend status or, like... We could. <laughs> yeah. Not to reference golf again. It comes up too much. The poor fans will be like, dude, enough. But yeah, 
You could mm. give them legend status. Of course you could. But then, yeah, you might but have like, to have... But like, who gets it and who doesn't? You might have then. to have 40 spots in the final. But <laughs> yeah. Maybe we don't go into the weeds. Um, I think we maybe run through some of the results or some talking points so we don't miss some great standout rides. Obviously, Phoebe Gale and the woman. I mean, that's... Gracie was awesome. I think her run was cool. Seeing her ability in the jumping is awesome. Carrying good speed. Um, but I think the story of the race is uh, another junior getting a podium. Mm. Like in the men. That's awesome. First year. Yeah. Real good. Even like... Um, so there's a young Kiwi girl who rides in the junior women's who took like... She won the race last weekend in Lenzerheide and took like a horrific slam. Um, <laughs> like, uh, she went over the bars onto the road. Oh, like it split like, I don't know, 150 meters. But um, she's just, she's like another, she, watching her on track, I was like, wow, like, she's going to really ruffle some feathers. Um, and I think her time last week would, would have been like sixth. Um, first year junior. Yeah. Yeah. So there's more more to come. <laughs> She's wild. Yeah. That crash was like, it was coming, was it not? Uh, ragdoll onto the road. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was just it's such inevi- an impact. But it's inevitable though. Yeah, yeah. She was pushing hard even in practice Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. She rides seriously quick. Um, and then, what else was I going to go? What, have I, what else have we got? Well, uh, I'm just looking at some of these notes because we do prepare for this more than you think we do, guys. But, um, well, we've obviously, I mean, I just think Valley, I mean, she's got a bit of redemption she mm. needed here, right? She could have won before, crashed <laughs> bloody within the side of the finish as well. Yeah, yeah, see yeah. that? Damn, that, it's just insane. But she won quali semi and final. So first person to do that in this new film, format, men or women, right? It was just a dominating performance. And talking of the skill set and the jumping and the way she maneuvers her bike, it was just like a clinical performance. Mm. And just at home, to friends, family. It's pretty, a lot of pressure to do that. Um, Incredible amount yeah. of pressure. Like same with Cole as well. Like you know all your mates are there watching. I don't even like, understand it, do you? I mean, it <laughs> nah. just seems ridiculous that they're able to even hang on to the bike yeah. with that much pressure, you know. Mm. Just so good, just committing to the process and and trusting that, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. But, yeah, Valley, huge win. Um, she was winner of the party while watching <laughs> the men's race as well with all her friends. Maybe she moved to Innsbruck or someone, someone – Told me. I don't know. So I wouldn't be surprised. Party, party friends came Innsbruck's up. It's a fun, like, fun place to live if you're young, I reckon. Yeah, super fun. Yeah. So, literally, they were in the finish line. I mean, it's awesome. I and mean, you imagine the pressure's all off and they're just having a good time. So, that was epic to see. And then uh, watching Kolb come down, there was eight to go after he came, mm. right? Dude, the crowd eruption. Yeah, it was epic. I don't know where you were watching. I, I watched about the last 10 guys from the keyhole. Yeah. Um, and I keep. I actually made a point of just watching like how Cole was reacting, um, and it was quite cool. Like Jackson was like jeering him up heaps. <laughs> it's like, you know, because like obviously Jackson was stoked, which was cool to see. It wasn't like he was like dejected and disappointed at all. 
Um, he was frothing. But yeah, he was Ging up Cole big time. And Cole was kind of like, every run is like a look of disbelief. And it just kind of kept compounding. Yeah, man. I thought uh, Cammy like was clinical and made like a lot of time up in the woods, which makes sense. But I just, I just think Valley was just outclassing mm. everyone. There wasn't much else to say. I don't think she can be too bummed. No. You know, when someone puts in a, you know, just a commanding performance like that. Yeah. It's like, what, what can you do? Yeah, like, <clears throat> you can only be your own, own biggest critic, but you also can, like, appreciate when someone throws down. Because <laughs> you're like, that was sick. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and I think Rachel just kind of stepped up to the champ she is. Like, maybe I'm not going to win this and didn't want to mm. risk crazy, but she stepped up, did the jumps on the motorway. Looked a little sketchier than she probably wanted. But, and, you know, she pushed harder than, say, the semi and things like that. And I think she looked really happy on the podium. Mm. So I don't know if that means she's like, okay, I can also be happy on the podium and ride within my limits. Do we see it, Valdesol? That's like the big question mark. Or does she shut it down now and come back for Wolves? Because I think that's one of her big goals. Yeah, yeah. It um, seems. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't race Valdesol. If she doesn't. Yeah. Like if she just chooses to go home. Yeah, just I would like probably prep, bet prep, on that. Prep for um for I think William this has and, been quite a lot to do the two mm. in the row where she kind of thought she wasn't going to come here. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably side with you. Mm. Definitely. Um, Monica obviously needs a shout out as well. That's a fucking big ride. Yeah, she's ripping. I'm uh, I'm actually a bit just watching that race. I'm just keep thinking back to the motorway. Like how much of a simple section is, but how much it played into the race. Yeah. But was it just me or were you gasping every time someone hit that scrub tabletop where you got the brook shot? Is it yeah, just it's me? pretty scary. Is it we just me or was I like thinking someone's going to land to flat and fly off the track into the cow paddock? Yeah, yeah. It's I quite scary when you're like... Like, like, yeah, I spent a bunch of time filming there. And, um, yeah, you're, like, getting up close and personal. But, like, at no point am I at any risk of getting, like, hit. But you feel like you're standing too close to traffic. <laughs> you know? Like, or, or like, <laughs> you're, like, am I going to put my head out and get hit by a bus? Yeah, or, like, um, you know, like, coming from New Zealand or maybe, like, South Africa, like, we don't, like, have the underground. So, like, when you go to, like, the underground in London for the first time and, like, the train doesn't stop. Yes. And you go, oh. <laughs> yes. You're like, but I'm this side of the You're white like, line. Why did I feel like I almost got killed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, so, like, that's kind of how it felt every time, like, I was getting a clip of these dudes scrubbing this table because you're, like, yeah, it was like the bullet train was just... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's great. Dude, Luke Bruni was leading the race, basically. Mm. Well, between him and Goldstone, or in green, you know, on Andy. So we Bruni's had, just clutch, though, eh? He's so clutch. That's yeah. a great word for it. Um, he is just... He seems really motivated for this overall this year. Mm. You know, sometimes the world champs has been a big goal or the injury last year. But it seems like he's got the bit between his teeth here for the overall. Yeah. But yeah, he just, he puts in, those are the kind of performances, like you've, you've he's, he's, you win the overall on your worst days. 
Yes, And he doesn't exactly. have very many bad days. No, if he can continue <laughs> not to have bad days. Hmm. Yeah, he hasn't notched off a win yet. His social media interaction after the first race has been great. Yeah. Hey, he's given old Jordan a little stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, Jordan's comment was, yeah, I, had a, I, I couldn't have done a better run or something at Lenside. And he was like, he commented, good to know. Like, there's just these jerks. And it's like, he can back it up. Yeah. And then he was like, you know, that's the last gift he's going to give. So you could see he's a little fired up, which is good. Having these three guys on that team is just going to push the level. Oh, big um, time. Two, two guys on the podium again. Um, and then uh, Luca Shaw back to the podium. Yeah, I was stoked to see Luca get it. Um, I think that was awesome and, and so deserved. Nice to see him back there, you know. Mm. Been a little while. Yeah, I saw him today and I was like, oh, he must be stoked. He's like, yeah, man, I'm real stoked. <laughs> he definitely gave the party a good go as yeah, well. Yeah. He podiumed the party. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. I, I think, you know, a lot of riders need to let their hair down. Oh, big time. They got a week off. It's been a two-week stretch, so a lot of them just would have sort of not sort of chilled out since Lenzide. Because it's such a quick turnaround, you know. You maybe sleep. Yeah. The Sunday you watch the exhibits, so you're in this race mode. Pack up, pack down the truck, drive. Yeah, Wednesday's course walk. Mm. You've barely shut off. I think so these two races on the trot with the three race runs is really draining. Yeah, um, and you know, like I think everyone is like, I mean, downhill's pretty good for it. Like, generally, the winner. The guy who wins the race will have a few beers and you'll see them out and, you know, you can interact and everyone's like, yeah. But, like, and I hope that you don't, we don't, like, lose that kind of, you know, because it is cool after, like, yeah, like you said, a two-race block. Most people are out. The teams are, like, mingling and stuff. It's, like, good. It's just a good vibe to be part of. Yeah, if you um, think about the package we're putting out to the world, but if you come to a race, I saw today off the XC, you know, if the riders are mingling around the pits you can walk up to them and ask them for a picture mm. at other places it's harder to get full access you might have 50 people wanting autographs so you might not get there and yeah you can rub shoulders with yeah. the world's best you know it, it, it's something we've always said about the sport and like you say yeah i hope we never lose it because uh, these guys are such characters yeah hurtling down i mean it's not reality the sport or any sport <laughs> Like, yeah. it's not reality what's going on, hurtling down this hill, the crowd. I mean, could you imagine the emotion up on that podium for those guys? Yeah. It were modern day rock stars mm. up there. Names getting chanted, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like chainsaws going. I mean, it's no wonder Greg won't go away. I was up. I was. You know, it's infectious, mm, probably. Yeah, I was up on track. Uh, I just went up and, like, um, watched. Bernie came down early, so I went up and, like, uh, watched him come down the bottom woods. And then spent, I don't know, what, probably watched 20 guys in the bottom. And they were chanting Andy Kolb from the top 30, from the first guy down. Is it? Down in the woods and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they just had like this Andy Kolb, Andy Kolb, Andy Kolb going. <laughs> and uh, yeah, with like 20 guys until he got there. That makes it even more impressive to deliver. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's ridiculous. The Prilla um, back up in the mix as well, six. Yeah. Um, with some moments of terror on the track in practice and there. I mean, he's he's a fighter. Yeah. Eh? Like well, he will cut his way down a track. Hmm. I remember 2021, he was like up three seconds yes. at the motorway. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, he had, like, an ungodly split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were like, well, crazy. what track did he write? And then he uh, t- had a little bingo in the bottom and, like, yes. tipped over after the shoot. But um, you're like, how do you put 3.2 seconds into someone Well, he and, and as we said in a bit of the analysis, which you guys can go find, I mean, it's out there. Yeah, did you say? But he was hellishly quick up to split three, you know, so he was... He just kind of bled time at the bottom, and I say bled time. He's one point seven back in six, <laughs> so fifteenth. You three point seven seconds back. Yeah. That used to be the like you said. That used to be what Bernard's talking about. Yeah, that was the podium gap. Sometimes two to three seconds, you could still be on the podium. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm three seconds back, dude. That's quick, man. No, I'm fifteenth. P fifteen, or what are the motor guy? What are we calling it now? Well, you got to do the two P's, oh, semi-final yeah. and final. So Alan was saying we're going to see more moto-style posts, mm. right? Like, oh, you know, I had a good went race. One, went one run like, at Redbud. And I was, you know, I wasn't protected, so I toned it down a bit and I missed out. I got P32 in the semi. But now <laughs> you're saying there's another thing. People are going P12 semi. I got P12, P18 on the day. Yeah. Well, they technically did because everyone's calling it two race runs. They're broadcasting it. Yeah, yeah. So people I think it's are, fair, mm. right? Yeah. Isn't it? Especially if you're unprotected. Unprotected. <laughs> <laughs> Who came down the track unprotected? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you are putting down two race runs. Yeah. You're racing the same field. Same field, same track. If you're making it, into, if you're making it out of the semis and into the finals, you're still racing the same guys. Yeah, I'd say claim it mm. for sure. So it is like two motos. Like if you win the semi, you won the semi. Like mm. you didn't win a race. You won a semi. Mm. But if you got P9, <laughs> claim the P9. Yeah. You got P9, P15. That's yeah. your weekend. Looks pretty good for the for a team uh, signing. Mm. Yeah, I don't really know what to I don't like I haven't really like made up uh an opinion on how the what what I like and dislike and stuff about the new format, you kind of just like observing, like you said, like most people just seem to be getting on with it. Um, this is how it is. It hasn't been, a, you know, from a fan standpoint, if you come to the race, there's more riding. Um, the semi final is definitely like a little bit more subdued. Yeah, it it is. It's kind. Yeah, exactly. Because so, that's like, a fair comment. It is. It's like oh, it's a race, like we just spoke about. But then mm. we're gonna kind of contradict ourselves and go. But I'm kind of watching it and just seeing who's in the final and then who the casualties are, which yeah. I don't want casualties, but they are. That's my one uh, remark: is mm. there are these casualties, which make storylines, and then at some point there's almost too much racing. Yeah, so yeah. So it takes a little bit away from the final. I'm hearing this is comments to me, text messages from friends, or there's some people that say it's awesome. I got more racing. The other people go, dude, it's a lot of beers I got to drink in six hours watching this racing now. You know, it's yeah. a lot. Like I don't even know I'm gonna tune into the final. Yeah, I I find uh, well, like it is always different as well when like so like we're at the race, but like, um, and I'll I'll be at every race this year which is some some years i'm like there's a couple of races that i'm not at and i tune in and watch the show yeah um and that gives you a different like experience because being at the race is like obviously different of how you like watch it like 
you might check. I might chat to you in the keyhole and then watch the guys cross the line, not watch their run, um, because we're like having a yarn about someone who crashed or something. Um, but I found that I've, the semi-final has, for me, kind of like gives away a little bit too much. Gives away what could happen. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yes. hey, okay. like uh, these guys are the guys to watch. It doesn't like, just happen. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's actually these four, three or four. Yeah. We're like, quietly, you like, but there was those other guys, what happened or yeah, well, like, qualified when, when you, when in 45th, but he might just spark yeah, one. When it was just crash. like like last year, with it only being a two-run format qualifying then final on a separate day, uh, the final run was just like, it just happens. That's it. It's yes. it's, it's final. Um, whereas, yeah, I find like the semifinal... There's no te- teaser. The semifinal teases you uh, in, to what could happen and what might happen. That is a, That I haven't thought about, but it makes total sense, mm. and it does. Because it in quality, it was like some people went for points, hmm. and then others just kind of did their thing or they weren't up to speed yet, and they figured it out overnight with a track walk in the morning and mm. suddenly we were like more people in the in the storyline but you didn't know who was going to be in the story yeah yeah you're exactly. just guessing yeah yeah that's interesting it is a byproduct there's going to be all these pros and cons mm. all these byproducts and that someone else might happens. not someone else might not that they might enjoy the semi-final because uh yeah like you said they get to watch more racing and it might be like a contradiction to like what my think thoughts are but like i just reckon for me um and maybe it's a bit different being there and watching the race for four days in a row from the track side that, like, by the end of it, I'm like, you, I get, I've found it two weeks in a row. I've been saying, like, oh, like on Saturday, I like, I'm mountain biked out. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but I mean, that's a, I don't, that's a first world problem. The yeah, guys yeah, at yeah. home must be like, okay, yeah, yeah, Eddie, you're so yeah, spoiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie's yeah. so spoiled, you know. So, yeah, that's pretty funny. But that's a fair. Like comment, like there is a bit more teasing of what's going to happen mm. in the final. Just it is what it is. That's just a byproduct of it. Yeah, exactly. And that's your view. And like you say, you can't please everyone. Mm. Old format also, you could argue for or against it as well. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. But now they take a week off. So um, yeah, Andy's going to enjoy this week. Yeah, big time. Um, and then they come back to Val de Sol, which is, I'm hearing rumors they dumped a whole lot of dirt on the track or something. So uh, it'll be interesting to understand if that's going to be good or if it's going to get dragged off. Yeah. But I mean. I mean, just like, sometimes I get the feeling that they don't know what we want. <laughs> <laughs> because like dumping dirt on the track as it stands at the moment for Val de Sol, I'd say is like a band-aid solution like i think the riders would prefer fresh sections yeah definitely i mean like i say that's just i'm just throwing a vicious rumor mm. out there if no, that's no, the I've case heard, I've, yeah I heard you've the same. heard it the same it's mm. like that is a band-aid because to put the dirt on there you're probably gonna have to compact it a bit or it's gonna get compacted mm. so if it rains it either drags all the way down to the hard surface but we just need to move the but track if you go five meters to the right literally maybe even two meters <laughs> yeah. and then there's soft loam stuff which you always used to have there Oh man, that's which why. Is, which is where like a Loris Verge can excel, mm. and and all these riders like it's not going to change the results, 
but you're going to have sort of more motivated riders, more excitement, uh, mm. more uh, and the, good content of like mm. people struggling with what line works. There was really like three or four lines that people had to like make sense of on this track. And um, that was what made Valdesol such a legendary track. And I think it's, yeah, it's just a bit from last year. It was just, it's, it would kind of hit the end of the road on like what was enjoyable to race on. Yes. <laughs> and safe as well. Like, yeah. cause there was kind of rocks that were put in. Like, I'm not, it, we, we're not, I'm not attacking any course pool. No, they, no, no. They literally, there was a lot of work that goes in and will go in. Yeah. I wonder if you could get some more input into hopefully pushing in the direction that could be good for the riders and growing mm-hmm. the sport and all the politically correct things that we need to say. Yeah, and maybe that with, like, there being, you know, a new organization and stuff. I know, like, um, if these guys sign on a new venue, they'll go and visit that venue and check things and make sure it's suitable before signing the deals with these, you know, places. Um, And then maybe, like, that should be happening with the current venues in terms of, like, because I remember with the UCI, they tried to bring in that, like, they wanted the courses to change 25% from year years before. But, like, they just, like, that never got adhered to. Yeah, we probably got more chance of that to happen now. With yeah, Rury, yeah. like, really, Rury's got a lot of experience. Mm. They want to make these changes, but mm. they had, they've, they've been off a lot, right? format oh, yeah. changes yeah, yeah, yeah. taping changes like you know everything mm. so maybe now like maybe now Ruri leaves with a debrief yeah and says cool we you know we need and love some new sections this is what will work for us as well as the riders that'd be pretty cool yeah mm. and that I hope it happens cool. and Ruri's got a good he's got the eye for it whatever it is yeah but you know like having been a top racer himself and has a shitload of experience when it comes to like you know, he was a top downhauler and then went into enduro and stuff and he knows, like, what's going to work and what doesn't on track. So hopefully um, they can, like, draw on that and use someone like him to keep, keep like, everything going in the in a good direction. Yeah, like, and elevate it. I yeah. think that's a good term is, like, you know, to elevate the sport in the right direction. Um, I don't know if there's anything else. I mean, we've obviously missed something, but... Mm. That's the whole point. There'll be another one of these and I hope you'll come and uh, join it again. Ah, thanks for having me. Yeah, wicked. And um, I'll probably drop some audio notes from Sven Martin, who's always tirelessly out on the track, hectic riders and taking photos. And I think you must go check out misspensummers.com. They've got some awesome uh, content of the races and make sure you do that. So thanks to him. So we'll drop those audio notes in this podcast. Andy, you want to add to that? You, you just—I was saying how you joined the team, kind of a sleeper. G and Rachel had, had won all the things, and now you are at the top of the top of the world. I mean, Rachel is still out there. Yeah, <laughs> today's no, your day, I, yeah. And that's—I think that's why I'm up there because I joined this team. I, I think I learned a lot just so much from Rachel and G. Just having fun. The boys look after me like nobody else, and yeah, it's just a big puzzle which. Is put together now. Big, he's a brother to me. Yeah, we are. And, and with a big puzzle, how do you, obviously racing at home, does it give you that extra edge? Were you risking more or were you playing it smart? Like, how do you, 
How do you play a plan this weekend? No, I don't. I didn't risk more. I think I actually risked less than last weekend where I crashed. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect to get on the podium nearly. I was like, ah. Uh, like I'm, from your run when you came down? Yeah, uh, before, before my run. I was like, ah, okay. uh, I don't know. I'm a bit off pace. He Maybe keep it safe. in the lorry this morning for like, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I really thought I'm not on it today. But on the way up to my run, I was like, I have this feeling now. I knew I can push today. And, and, and when, when you crossed the line, did you, um, did you know, where, did you think your time would hold? You knew, only you knew how you rode. What did you think? Nah, nah, I didn't think so. Because I did a big mistake before the motorway, which is really? so costly on this track. Finn, so, yeah. Finn, uh, Finn told me last night, he said a 258 or a 259 is going to win this race. This is what he told me. Who said that? Finn Isle said a 258 yeah. or 259, and Finn said, I'm going to go for a 258. I and went, he was right, both like... He, yeah, yeah. I, I went through the track yesterday and timed it. Yeah. And it was a 259. And you knew it. And that was yeah. so you had your, you had your best run, really. Yeah. Not the best run, but you still had your close. Good, good enough. Yeah, good enough. And at home, um, and with Vale, just it's what a story. Insane, huh? yeah. What a story. I imagine 10 years ago, someone would have said two Austrians going to win a World Cup. Nah. Everybody would have been like, yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. And now we're both on top. So I'll keep, keep it there. You're in with the white. Next up, rainbow jersey. Uh, let, let's see. I, I'm, I have my goal reached this season. Like, if there's anything more coming, I'm more than stoked. But that's it. Valley. I'm not even saying anything. Finally, a win at home. Weight's off the shoulders. Yeah, Tell me, what, 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 what am I trying to say? What felt better, today or World Champs? Well, honestly, World Champs. Okay. But today was was pretty pretty amazing as well. Like, there was so much... There wasn't much pressure because I think Lentaheide was really bad. Yeah. If it would have, if I would have had a better result in Lentaheide, it would have been more pressure. But I feel like people didn't expect me to do well. Yeah. And then to top it off with like one 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 is pretty pretty cool. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Did, what, did what did you do, like coming into this week versus other weeks when you've had a lot of pressure and a lot of family and friends and sponsor commitments? Did you shut that all out or did you embrace it? Uh, I think my team did a really good job. I didn't want to do any media this weekend. Uh -huh. So we did it all three weeks ago and it was, I think it was pretty efficient for me. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like not doing well in Lentaheide helped a lot because I didn't have to do much here. Right. People weren't looking. Yeah. Yeah. People weren't expecting me to do well or like weren't looking that much. And Kami's won here three times. Yeah. So exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. But it was really, <laughs> sorry Kami, but it was really important for me to stop that <laughs> winning streak because sure. it's like so annoying. She still got second, which is super impressive. Oh, oh. sure. But um, yeah, um, I think I had a really decent like time gap as well. So let's see. You you look you look good in the dry, but you also were attacking in the wet in the yeah. other runs. Like, are you happy either way? Do you have a preference for racing? Well, I feel like I did really well. Like I had a massive mental breakdown after Lentaheide. Like mm -hmm. at Trekwalk, I was I started to cry and I didn't Trek know what was. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. And I called my psychologist at Rebel ABC because I didn't know what was going on yeah. and I was just so 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 sad. Yeah. And we had a good talk and I have all my friends here and Mathilde here, which is really helping. And yeah, I and felt they were there, they were there for you in Leger as well. They were here for me in Lachey as well, and I was just so pissed for Lentaheide that, like, the way I rode practice in Leogang was way different than I used to ride practice anywhere else. 
How do you mean? Like, were you attacking and... and well, I was just running more aggressive. You were whipping and scrubbing everywhere. Yeah, Little. I was just having fun and riding more aggressive, I think. Yeah. And that's what it took. Apparently, yeah. It's downhill, aggressive. Yeah, I was a bit scared that I have no more energy after semifinals. Yeah. But somehow, race nerves make it work. I, I think when the guys win riding smooth and clean and neat and sharp, you yeah. know, like Loic and Kolb, and, and that's the secret for them. But I think, I think when girls riding aggressive, not not in every situation, because Cami yeah. rides quite smooth, and but I think that can be the ingredient. Well, I guess it's just a new riding style which is coming. I feel like Phoebe being fifth, her first elite podium yeah, this year, being, is really, really amazing. And I feel like we have a different riding style compared to the other girls. Oh, they gotta watch out. Well, for sure. I mean, well, they you've, have been, to. you've been coming for a while. But They're all like girls. 10 years older than us, and I feel like the new generation is gonna bring something new and exciting to watch. Like, everyone of the new new girls, they're super stylish and super fast, and it's not gonna be it's not gonna be easy in the next 10 years. I'm glad it's not just you, there's a whole crew of them. Exactly. All right, buddy. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the party. And then this has been the Crank Brothers Race Review. I said in the beginning of the show, last year they celebrated 12 years in a row with that elite world champs win on the Mallet DH pedal. They obviously don't do just pedals. They do all sorts of things, including these new awesome shoes. I'm in those shoes, as well as a whole host of podium contenders. I'm not putting myself in that bracket. Don't worry. Uh, I'm more of a weekend warrior, but Bernard Kerr, Lucas Shaw, Cami Belanche, and many more. And as we said in the podcast, they have gone 1-1 at both of these races. So go check out their stuff. Um, That was Eddie Masters. So thanks so much for him coming on. And I think something I wanted to say is as much as things change, they stay the same, Eddie. And we have had some storylines at the first two races. Whether the tracks were tight and and that was exciting. But the storyline of a junior winning the storyline of Rachel coming back, the storyline of these two Austrians winning in home saw. I mean, let's get a Netflix show going. Yeah. Surely. 100%. Ah, my hand is up. I will consult. <laughs> get me out there. I've watched the golf one. So uh, someone send this to Netflix. Let's get this going. Oh, it'd be unreal. Yeah. Like. Have you watched the Tour de France one? Uh, I've just seen it came out. I, saw, uh, yeah, you know, I like, was cruising on Netflix last night and I saw it, so I'm pretty keen to um, yeah. check that out. Cause and, a, and a buddy um, doesn't really – he has a mountain bike and I've taken him e-bike, e-biking, and he just has like some fun with it. He was watching the tour and I was just like watching it a little bit while I was doing some other stuff. And I could see him getting pretty sucked in. And he knows down more than he knows road. Could you imagine? Hmm. They do I'm, one I'm for thinking, surfing too called Make yeah, or that Break one's and that's epic. sick. I'm not, I don't follow the World Series of Surfing, but after that show, yeah, I'm yeah. a way bigger fan yeah, yeah, than like I ever Instagram, was. Instagram, follow. <laughs> they did a great job. Yeah. Do you think it could hit the numbers that they would need to put it on a platform like Netflix? Downhill. I mean, the storylines, dude, the crashes in the Tour de France that I've never seen, I never want to see again. Mm. Dude, we've, we'll have crashes. We've got the storylines. We've. I mean, just how action-packed and if we uh don't just cut to the managers we actually get some managers and like the behind the scenes and maybe some contract negotiations like big time well, obviously like sick. we can't really quote the numbers because it'll be laughable compared to <laughs> golf numbers yeah. but i think funny. it could hit the numbers like that that they would be happy with like could it go mainstream like i think with the stories that play out, 
Yes. But you just have to put it in the mainstream. So, like, the mainstream wouldn't even know that it exists and how awesome it could be um, until they get to see it. Yeah, true. Like, if it's done properly and mm. marketed, then it could really capture yeah, yeah, more people. Um, are, we not, are we saying that because we're biased mountain bikers or because we're, like, sports fans? Sports fans. Cause it I'm, is, right? I it follow... is like a crazy sport. Like, these idiots mm. are racing down a hill... A breakneck speeds on a bicycle is like one of the um, oldest forms of transport. Yeah, um, even if you what if anyone hasn't watched Amory's doco. Yes, definitely. You know, like, Shout out to that. That's uh, a great. Thing, you know, man. like that's the kind of content that um, tells an entirely different story to what the like broadcast shows. Because like you've got the guy who's winning, but then like I didn't even know like. You know, he's he's basically like saying like how he raced two races with a concussion <laughs> um, after his crash in Andorra. But like, in in no way are we like saying that's like a good idea. But um, but it happened, and it's a story, and yeah. it's on camera. Um, and then yeah, like there's there's so many things that would like go on behind the scenes, and then like even you know, imagine if they had Finn and Lorik mic'd up. When Jordan wins, like, are they stoked? Are they not? Who knows? Yeah, there's, <laughs> uh, there's definitely some politics in the pits, that's for sure. Yeah. And in the bar, if they take a camera to the bar. I mean, you could definitely get some stories. So um, we've pulled a famous Sven Martin. We'll go with another intro. That's been our Crank Brothers race review. That was Eddie Masters, absolute legend. You heard it here first. Clearly a Netflix show mm. could be on the cards. Coming soon, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. During my racing years and even now, I take my health and nutrition pretty seriously. It was so difficult though to stick to some sort of routine and remember to take all those necessary supplements. Then I found Athletic Greens. I'm so excited to partner with them personally and for this podcast. I actually started taking AG1 long before this partnership even came about. So what is this stuff? Think of AG1 as your all-in-one health insurance. I know I do. I've never been one for taking a million different supplements or vitamins. So this is just the perfect all-in-one solution for me. I actually look forward to taking it. I do it first thing in the morning. I feel more alert and focused and now I'm taking care of my body and health. I feel energized to get my day going. So check this out. With one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, and helps enhance your focus. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, none of that nasty chemicals or artificial anything, all while still tasting good. Let's be honest, we all know we don't eat enough vegetables or consume the healthiest meals some of the time, especially when we get busy. We all want something quick and easy which will help us in life. AG1 supports better sleep quality, recovery, mental clarity, and alertness. Now, I don't care what you do, I think we all can agree this is super important. AG1 is trusted by so many professional athletes and health experts. To make trying it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting and vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash moving the needle Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash moving the needle to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The links will be in the show notes as well.